Hello and welcome everybody. Um, it's the, gosh, the fourth live series this week um, in our Humanising Work live series with Bailey and French. I'm joined today by the wonderful Nikki Ailes. Thank you for joining us, Nikki. We're going to be talking about team goals um, specifically and the difference between team goals and personal or organisational goals um, and, and why that's important for humanising the world of work, but also specifically focusing in on teams this week. We talked about human leadership last week um, and this live series is available on all our channels on LinkedIn live on YouTube, on Facebook, as well as being recorded for our new podcast series, um, which is available on multiple platforms, including Spotify. So welcome to everyone who's watching us live. Um, please do let us know your questions, comments and thoughts come through in the comments box. Um, and for anyone who is listening to the recording, um, you can still get in touch with us through all those different channels. Just pop us a message. Um, thank you for joining us. So hello, Nikki, how are you doing? Do you want to just briefly introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Alex. Um, lovely to be here. Um, yes, so my name's Nikki. Um, I'm, how would I class myself? Positive psychologist, probably first and foremost, um, as well as a coach, um, a wellbeing practitioner, uh, resilience practitioner, um, leadership coach, strength coach. So lots of different kind of uh, strings to my bow, if you like, but they generally all come together in terms of helping people to be their best selves, which is obviously um, where we come from, from a positive psychology place. So... Yeah. Thank you, Nikki. I'm so glad you're here today because actually that's just brilliant experience to bring to the conversation because a lot of our work is informed by positive psychology. Um, we focus most of it on the evidence-based element of the research, um, which is really important to us um, around this humanizing work uh, theme, which is a really big kind of ambitious goal for us. And and so what we're really trying to do is break that down into, you know, a level of granularity around, OK, what does that really mean for leadership? And we talked all last week about um, human leadership um, and and using uh, the, the latest, most relevant and positive ways um, to develop our, our human leadership approach um, through through emotional intelligence, which is, is an old model, but a good one. Um, and equally as relevant then is is how can we humanize the workplace in our teams? And so this week we're talking about all the different conditions that are needed for team flow um, and flow is different for individuals than it is for teams you know we know um, lots of ways that individuals can get into flow when we're totally absorbed in something we lose track of time we're enjoying using our strengths we're at peak performance and also we have um, a reduction in our levels of anxiety where we're in flow so there's lots of benefits on an individual basis and Bailey and French, we're, we're pioneering a new focus on, on extending that to teams. And so starting to explore what are the conditions for team flow um, and and we moved on from focusing on kind of our, our own space within the team over the last few sessions to talking today about alignment and why it's so important to be all aligned together in one direction. Um, to be able to flow together, because clearly we could all flow separately, but that doesn't make us a team. So how do teams flow together? And one of those those key ways is having team goals. Now, Nikki, I'm sure you've been part of teams before, and it's very easy to assume that because you've got your own personal goals that are maybe tied to your career or your role, um, as well as you know how they fit into the overall organizational goals, that it's an assumption that everyone knows what the team goals are, isn't it? And actually, Absolutely. they're not always that explicit or even that aligned. No. And I think even more so at the moment, as I was reflecting on 
what you were saying, you know, what we were talking about earlier, because I think everybody has been in this remote space. There's so many people I've been talking to that have only just started working in a team during the last 12 months. So they haven't even physically met the other people that they work with in their team yet. They've only met them virtually. So it must be so hard for those people who've not actually kind of lived and breathed the culture of an organisation to feel that they're part of that team as well as understand, you know, what some of those team goals are and where they fit within those. So, yeah, absolutely. I think over the next few months as things start to change and evolve again, again, um, that people will start to be thinking about this idea of how do we make sure everybody is aligned and, and especially these new starters feel like they're on board and they know how they can contribute and um, that their goals fit within the bigger whole team goal. Absolutely. And we know that lots of people have moved roles, haven't they? And and lots of teams have got new members to them, whether mm-hmm. they're expanding or whether they've, you know, replacing people who've left. You know, we know that there's lots of, of newness mm-hmm. and that's fantastic, but it's completely um, inefficient to not bring people together and help them 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 really focus on on finding clarity as a team. And I think the thing that that um, strikes me from certainly from my um, career when I was part of internal large uh, internally part of very large organisations, planning goes on for a long time, and mm-hmm. you know the strategic plans that that are drawn together with fantastic minds put to them are are helpful for focus and for clarity, and individuals can find their own clarity around those. But really coming together and harnessing, okay, so what does that mean for this team? What would be really great for us to do and to align on focusing on together, even if we're all doing separate, very separate different things? How do we how do we go about setting goals together in a positive way so that people actually feel that they're able to contribute, that they're able to collaborate, that they've got something valuable to be able to to work on with others at such, exactly as you said, such an important time. How would you um, suggest people go about actually setting team goals separately from organisational goals? I I think one of the really interesting, and I know you were talking to Dan and Matthew about this earlier in the week in terms of strengths, but I think strength is a real opportunity to to do exactly that in terms of setting goals, because I think a lot of the time, as you say, people can kind of be going along in their own little silos, they know what their own goals are, they know what their own strengths are, but they're not aware of what other people in the team can bring. And I think when that sort of switch happens in some people's heads, and I've been working with an organization in the last couple of weeks actually who started to think about this where they think actually if we start to pull everybody's strengths and we start to think about you know what individuals can contribute it's sort of that whole is greater than the sum of its parts piece so we can start yeah. ourselves team goals that leverage everybody's strengths within the team mm-hmm. and that allow um you know if we've got any gaps we don't like calling them weaknesses i know but you know whatever we like to call them development opportunities or um you know sort of areas of potential then you can sort of do this wonderful jigsaw of putting people together so that any of those weaknesses um become irrelevant because everybody can kind of work together um and harmonize i think it's that um you use that phrase don't you the starling murmuration mm-hmm. uh, so that you, you know you almost kind of fit together almost like those starlings have their little place um in in the flow um, so I think strengths definitely is one way and being aware of each other's strengths and thinking more as teams about when we're putting together a project, when we're thinking about, um, you know, a particular piece of work where we can cleverly use people's strengths and allow them mm-hmm. to get into 
flow individually and then obviously we'll be in better flow as a team I think. Mm. And and it's brilliant to, to talk about this actually because um, certainly um, my my passion around the field of strengths has 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 been long lasting since gosh the beginning of my career a very long time ago, um, and what I still find interesting is that whilst there's so many more organisations that have a, a, have now embraced a strengths approach than when I first started working in this field, um, which is fantastic and I absolutely love it. They've all a lot of them have stopped once they've discovered their strengths. They've done yeah. the whole right. Oh no, I've done the book. I've done the test. I've got. I know what my strengths are. Let's yeah. move on. And I'm like, well, actually, the power of what you've done and invested is only really valuable in terms of performance and 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 outcomes for everybody in terms of well-being as well as in terms of profit for the organisation. If we actually apply that into our workplace, and so many people assume, make assumptions, don't they? that people know what their strengths are, that people know what other people's strengths are, mm. that we know how to use those on a daily basis. Yeah. And actually, if we haven't learned about it from our own personal experience and our own language, actually, it can just feel like another one of those models, another away day that we did where we did another another chart. And actually, um, putting it into practice is the most important thing. So I love what you're talking about there, about actually we can align together using our strengths within team goals, um, because that's really that's really powerful. But also there's a connection there to similar to what we were talking about the other day with strengths is the confidence that it gives. Mm -hmm. If I think about my personal situation over the last year, there's been some big ups and downs on, on the journey that we've all been through. And there's been points where I've lost confidence, where my self-esteem has been lower than other days. And I think that's a natural ebb and flow for lots mm -hmm. of people. And I wonder, you know, coming together to create team goals and feel like you contribute and being able to talk about what you do do best might actually really help people with their yeah. confidence because it can be assumed that people will bring that. But actually, if they haven't had a platform to explicitly talk about it, they might think it's not required or it's not wanted or it's not valued. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that makes me think of as well, when you're talking about this sort of area of, of confidence and sort of almost motivation is when we're thinking about team goals versus personal goals as well, this whole sort of Rick Snyder willpower idea. So, you know, we can be really great at setting our goals and we might be able to envisage the pathways to getting there, but there will be times when we perhaps find it hard, we, we hit a barrier or an obstacle or we lose our confidence or we find something difficult. And I think, A, as you were saying, if people are leveraging their strengths as part of that kind of goal process, that's mm. going to help with some of that, you know, grit and growth mindset and all of that wonderful stuff that helps us you know, keep focused and, and passion and perseverance towards those goals. But I think almost within teams, you've got that amplified because mm -hmm. you've got each other as well in terms of that support. So all of that kind of positive feedback, helping mm -hmm. to counteract any sort of negative self-talk or worries and concerns about are we going in the right direction or was this a kind of failure or what can we learn from it? So yeah. I think that whole idea about confidence, I think, is also you know, a real benefit of, of team goals and kind of working together in a team, being aware of each other's strengths, supporting each other, collaboration, all of that wonderful stuff in terms of maintaining some of that willpower towards uh, towards those goals. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I really, what I'm very, very 
passionate about actually around this kind of new focus for us with team flow is that so many team effectiveness models are so focused on performance yeah. and we are focused on performance but hand in hand with well-being and the fact that you know, it's not about just having a bunch of high performing individuals that are all essentially, you know, fueled on adrenaline, focused on so much that eventually they'll just burn out one by one and we're replacing and replacing, but actually focusing on long term sustainable performance, because that's what's really going to matter here. You know, businesses are in a, in a difficult situation right now to get through to the long term and we've got to have those longer term goals. But the only way to do that is to rely on the support of a team collaborating together and everyone, and I think more people have recognized this certainly in the last year, that everyone is gonna face challenges. Everyone is going to have their resilience challenged at some point. So we have to, as a team, be able to manage how we're working together and collaborating together. And the more explicit we are in sharing our goals and our focus, the more someone can help us and pick us up when we are experiencing those dips, because everybody does. So as, as Siobhan said, you know, loving the honesty, it is honest, actually, that most people have dips. Yeah. Now, that's much more proactive, isn't it? And that's what I love about positive psychology, the, the proactive focus, the strategic focus on how can we develop ourselves, our team to be resilient and strong and focused on our goals that mm -hmm. can go up and down over time yeah. so that we can meet those challenges head on without feeling like every time we're knocking back, knocking us back and then having to get up again yeah absolutely and i think there's something it links to this other idea um so i've been looking at scott barry kaufman um mm -hmm. doing kind of some work around re-envisaging you know abraham maslow's work and transcendence and all this sort of thing um and you know kind of one of the things that he was talking about and i think other people are talking about is that sometimes we can focus overly focus on as you were saying the kind of performance goals when actually what we could be doing um possibly more of as a team is thinking about some of those process goals you say so some of those learning goals and giving ourselves the chance as a team to learn together and kind of support each other and you know learn new ways of working learn new skills um, and i think again that can be something really powerful that can help us achieve the best as a team rather than just that constant focus on where we're trying to get to that end goal which as you say might not be everybody in the team may not be as passionate about that end goal but everyone can be passionate about kind of learning together and what some of the process goals might be along yeah. I love that. And that's that's really important, isn't it? And and so I've just put up this this question around how could team goals be more effective at achieving success? And I guess it, it really depends on how you define success, because success can be exactly yeah. as you said, kind of that lifelong learning focus on growth and evolving as an individual. And that doesn't need to happen on a yearly basis. That can happen every hour of every day. We are absolutely capable of growing continuously as, as human beings. And, and I keep coming back to this kind of human nature of us being part of this world of, of, um, of, of, of a, of a of a natural natural world that is about growth and evolution that's one of the things that that makes us a living being yeah. is that we continue to grow and so really having that at the heart of a team around our goals absolutely it helps us you know approach um you know mistakes and failure with a much better resilient out outcome in, for, in terms of you know this is all about us continually evolving and growing and not just in our work lives but in our 
our personal lives too. Um, and so defining what success is, is, is success all about, you know, achieving the end the end kind of productivity or performance piece. No, actually, it's probably more about getting there together, being well, being able to get there without burning out, um, being able to um, to achieve success without having to have almost like, yeah, as I said, that kind of like the well-being focus of like picking us up when we're falling over is, is, is being far more strategic and proactive and blending that into our everyday ways of working so that people feel really good about their work mm. and and it's not a sprinkle on top afterwards you know yeah absolutely and I think again just sort of that idea of doing things together that those kind of learning goals together so we're learning more about ourselves but also learning more about ourselves as a team um, and I think maybe you know thinking as leaders as well how can leaders think about setting more team goals that are about these learning goals or these process goals rather than that end goal um, so that you know and again everyone will then depending on how we define success, but feel that they are getting these little wins um, along the process, which we all know obviously is great for motivation and self-esteem and all of these other things which lead into flow and well-being. And so, um, yeah, I think there's there's lots around that sometimes overly focusing on the end goal. Um, mm. People can miss out on a massive opportunity, um, you know, in, in the meantime, in terms of that, that pathway along the road. Mm. Absolutely. So, so I've just put a new one up. So how can people make the best team goals? And I think there's something here about what is the, what are the practical, we talked about strengths, we've talked about, you know, supporting each other's well-being. What, let's get down to the nuts and bolts of kind of team goals. Is it, is this a weekly thing? Is this a monthly mm -hmm. thing? How often and how regular do we need to talk about goals as a team? And how do we review them if they're learning goals? What if we get put off, you know, get off track and we end up doing something else, but that's also successful. You know, what is the, what's the the best approach that's positive for people to exactly that, that has, mo that brings motivation, that brings well-being to people's focus on, on where they're heading. Mm. So, I mean, I think <clears throat> there's definitely something about, again, it depends, like we said before, what, how we define success, how would we define the best, but I think there's something around this kind of shared passion for the end goal. But that probably is back to your how often do you do that? That's probably yeah. less often. So when you get together and say, you know, what are we trying to achieve, whether it's about, um, you know, a, a performance output or, or something related to a, an overall business result or how we work together as a team, that end goal is probably, you know, six months out or 12 months out or however far it is into the future. I think there's something really important about the process of everyone feeling that they can contribute towards envisaging that you know, all of that wonderful stuff about goal visualization and what will it look like and what will it feel like and and that that helps in terms of alignment and motivation. So I think, you know, that sort of setting goals as a team and it being a collaborative process in terms of the end goal, I think is really important. But as you say, that's probably, um, it's, it's less frequent. Whereas some of these sort of smaller goals that that we need to have to kind of help us get there. So the sort of, back to Rick Snyder, the sort of the way power bit, what are the pathways to get there? I think, again, there's an element of flexibility, as we were saying before. So helping each other to understand that it might not be a kind of really linear straight line from A to B to C, and then we get to the end goal, that actually it might be more of a kind of a wiggly line. There might be more of a path where we 
you know, try one thing, as you and I were talking about earlier, try something, it doesn't quite work. So what can we learn from it? We can do something else. So I think setting the sub goals, if you like, again, is important to think about those different brains in a team can envisage different ways of getting there. So what could be the different options um, and remaining flexible uh, within that team to have little review points along the way to step back and say, okay, so how are we getting on with this particular mm -hmm. sub goal? What have we learned? Do we need to course correct a little bit? Do we need to adjust? Um, so I think that that sort of lovely richness of learning that comes with the flexibility of, you know, not that tunnel vision of we've got to get to that end goal as quickly as humanly possible and mm -hmm. more about, you know, what can we do along the way that's going to um, help us achieve the goal, but also allow us to perhaps learn as a team or um, collaborate better and, and um, you know, improve where we get to in terms of the end goal because of everything we've experimented with along the way. Hmm. And I wonder as well, kind of with this focus on teams rather than the leader, obviously it includes the leader, yes. But it doesn't have to, does no. it? And so, you know, it can be that people can say, you know, regardless of 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 the organizational goals and the personal goals that are there, anyone can initiate a team goals conversation. Um, and also the other piece is 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 the continuation of these types of conversations if some people aren't present. And mm. I think this is a really important piece to kind of tackle, is that we often see things get pushed back and pushed back and pushed back until everyone is free. And what that means is that there isn't the regularity because ultimately there's always going to be something happening that means that someone can't join in for some reason or other. But there's no reason we can't pick that up later. But keeping that regularity, that consecutive consistency, the focus, the knowledge that this is going to be reviewed, that we are going to talk about it again, that it's not a wasted effort as a yeah. one-off team away day, for example, yeah. but also to allow for the increased flexibility in dispersed teams now where people are working different hours, different locations, using our platforms more cleverly, really, isn't it? And, yeah. and being able to be efficient with those to share goals in different ways rather than maybe all being present physically. Yeah, and again, I think it's, it's about being clever, about allowing some of those kind of conversations to be a little bit more organic. Because as you say, there's so many businesses, I'm sure you're the same, so many businesses I've worked within or with and they spend all the time with the kind of big goal visualization from the away day and then kind of it doesn't get talked about thereafter um and everyone sorts of understands where we're trying to get to and, and where we might be on that journey but it's as you say very left up to the leaders to then have a big internal comms day to kind of communicate where we are versus this goal and whereas i think as you say it, you know especially with what's happened with flexible working and virtual working it means that we can be a little bit more um, open and organic about some of these conversations um and review them as you say review them on a regular basis and i think everyone then feels like they've got more ownership over those goals and ownership over some of the sub goals to getting there as well um so hopefully the pandemic has brought <laughs> has opened up some opportunity as well for that um kind of more as you were saying team ownership of of some of these goals even if it's more about those sub goals and the pathways necessarily than that overall end goal, if that's at a bigger organizational level. Yeah. And, and I wonder, oh, I, I mean, you're welcome to share if you've got any any stories or examples of teams where this has worked really well, where, you know, maybe you've had people together talking about their strengths and they've been able to kind of almost identify new things that they're capable of doing. And I, so much for me, what I've noticed comes out in conversation that 
isn't there in our thinking brains when we're all working separately, our, our, our laptops or PCs in different locations. And that togetherness, whether it's virtual or whether it's, it's physical, brings about an opportunity for us to play ideas about in a different space in a different way that actually is incredibly creative. Mm -hmm. And it's that creativity and innovation that, that for me brings goals to life of what's possible and, and more is possible in our own learning, in supporting others, in being part of something that is, 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 is big and ambitious. Mm. And, I, and I think, as you say, some of it is also about awareness. Some of it is about we often can't see things in ourselves that other people can. So, you know, in terms of, again, this organisation I've been working with um, over the past couple of weeks, this, this sort of almost like light bulb moments that go on when they sort of say, oh, I didn't know you loved doing that particular thing, or yeah. I didn't know you had that particular skill or ability, or this was something, or I knew you were really good at this thing, so mm. we, just, we kept giving you more of that work, but I didn't know that actually for you that was draining because it's not playing to one of your strengths. And I think those conversations open up, as you say, those sort of opportunities um, to have more self-awareness, but also to have awareness of the team and think about, you know, well, that means now we know that this person you know, really loves doing this particular thing and it's really energizing for them. Maybe now we could start to think about taking on this type of project or we could start to think about, um, you know, offering this type of service to our customers or, or whatever it happens to be. So I think it, it comes back to that sort of awareness and sharing that then opens up that opportunity yeah. and great strengths conversations tend to have a habit of doing that so yeah they do don't they because people feel you know they'll feel valued and respected for what it is about them that's unique and and we talked about that quite a bit um earlier on in the week around that kind of feeling you're, you've got a unique contribution being so important to to, to being a part of a team um I love I love everything we my ideas are going off all over the place with a very short period of time to to kind of close off but I love the the for me, I'm trying to capture really what's the humanness. Hmm. What's the humanness that we're talking about here is that being part of a team is very different to working in, a, in an isolated or an independent role. Um, and, and there are some real special parts of that, like being able to come up with things together in a way that you wouldn't be able to otherwise, that really does play to to everything you're talking about and change the ways of working as well. And for me, it there's something very important here about people being explicit. Um, explicit because if you're not explicit, then then how can those goals even come about? If, if you're not able to talk about how you can contribute to those goals mm -hmm. or about how you would like to, to collaborate with others. So there's this this part about having a voice being yeah. being required, which is the separation elements again that we talked about earlier on in the week. For the, for this to to be really effective, to make really good team goals, people need to feel comfortable to say what they they think and they care about, and be safe to to put themselves out there, which we talked about yesterday with Joe. Oh, so yeah. Stretch element, yeah. you know, being able to feel psychologically safe that you know there's not going to be any ramifications for them coming up with a great new idea that actually could be so helpful for the team. Um, and it's something um, that Megan and the team have done uh, recently as well. We 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 had a great explicit conversation where we thought someone was really enjoying a certain part of the role. Actually, they weren't, and now we've got one of our associates supporting us on that instead. And it's really opened up something. That that we hadn't recognized and it was just simply because we hadn't had the conversation mm. so conversation rich conversation honest conversation the humanness of that yeah being able to do it is for me the power 
almost behind having team goals. Team goals sitting on a page is not particularly exciting no. for some people, but we can bring those to life. We can make them more meaningful um, by bringing together that alignment of, of being in something together mm. and, and finding meaning in being part of something bigger than ourselves, which we know is absolutely critical to our motivation, to our well-being. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so and yeah. I, I've, on, sorry, Alex. Carry on. No, I go. I th no, I was just going to say. I think just to your point about being human. I think fundamentally that also plays into this idea that we are better together. You know, we're not. We are a social species. At the end of the day, we weren't supposed to operate independently and, and individually isolated from others. So, um, you know, fundamentally coming back to the what is the humanness about this? I think it is the fact that recognizing that we do work best when, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're together. Um, and when and and what fuels that, as you say, is us feeling that safety that we can bring our true selves. You know, it's authenticity, it's openness, it's honesty, um, all of that lovely stuff that Joe was talking about yesterday with regard to psychological safety and, and stuff. So mm. Mm. such rich connections between all of it. But yes, um, I've, I've loved this conversation today, Nikki. Thank you so much. It's, again, it's gone by super quick. I know, um, I can't believe it. <laughs> But we've covered lots of things today. So we've talked about team goals. How are they different from organizational and personal goals? What makes them successful? Some of the research that sits behind those, um, the way we can proactively and strategically feel part of something that's aligned and together. Um, and, and actually that, that then makes the most of our unique contribution to something that's bigger than ourselves, that gives us that meaning, that, that fuels our well-being, our motivation. Um, and so something so simple, team goals, this is not a new concept. Team goals have been around for a long time, but the way we do that really matters. And so if we're not going to do it with, with, with intention and thinking about making the most of it, um, then, then we're, 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 we're missing the, the, the output really of our investment in our time. Um, but finding ways to do that and the fact that everybody can, can take part in, in contributing to team goals is absolutely critical. So um, thank you so much for your time, Nikki. I've really enjoyed this chat. For anyone who thank wants you. to find out more, um, please feel free to, to add in some questions and comments. We can certainly reply afterwards. Um, so thank you for joining us, for those people who've been joining us live here today on LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube, as well as people who are listening, watching the recording afterwards um, and on our new podcast of Humanizing the, Work with Bailey, Humanizing the World of Work with Bailey and French. Um, so I've really enjoyed today. Thank you so much, Nikki. I hope you have a fantastic bank holiday weekend. Thank you, and um, you. And for everyone else who's listening, please join me and Anna on Monday. We are going, still going live, even though it's a bank holiday here in the UK. We have some international viewers who will be joining us um, who are able to join us. And some people like working um, and talking about these topics when they're on their day off too. So um, hopefully we'll have people join us then to uh, talk about our next topic part of Teams. So thank you so much, Nikki. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Alex, and you. Take care. Bye-bye.